I want to welcome all of you online. Thanks for joining us. But to my Thursday group right now, how did you like the hamburgers and hot dogs? Was that okay? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, this is top secret information, but I'm going to leak it a little bit. We're trying to figure out how to do that every week. Because I feel like, for those of you on Thursdays especially, coming from work, you have to get home, you have to feed everybody, you have to get up here, all of that. It would be awesome if we, plus, it's just cool to, it was cold to hang out tonight. Not just cool, it was cold to hang out tonight. You could see your breath, um, and that's not just because I hadn't brushed my teeth. I mean, it was cold outside. Uh, but what a, what a cool time to spend together, and thank you all for being here as we start into this new year. Uh, this is an interesting weekend, and I kind of like told you a little bit last week in the announcements that this week marks a special day for our church, but it's also a special day for a couple of other reasons, this whole weekend. And um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want to spend a little bit of time on, on just a personal thing for me. So 40 years ago this weekend, a little church in Conway, Missouri took a huge risk and, and hired a 20-year-old junior at Ozark Christian College to be their pastor. So for 40 years, I've been able to do this, and I feel so honored to be doing this. Yeah. So this, this little church, this is actually a modern picture of it, but it looked exactly the same 40 years ago. It's been repainted, um, and around the back, there's actually a little house that that's where I would stay on the weekends when I was in school. And then after I graduated school, I told you this story a few weeks ago, I thought I would be leaving after I graduated, I knew that God had big plans for me. No, 20 more months I lived in this little town of 601 people. And uh, that, that drove me nuts in some ways because I was ready to be in a city. I was ready to be around other people. I was ready to be around people my age, you know. And so a lot of the people were, were farmers, dairy farmers, and the families with kids. And I just kind of felt like I was in the middle there somewhere. So I wasn't connected to anybody like for me. And yet it was one of the richest, most special times in my life. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite stories. Uh, I don't know if I have time for this or not, but really don't care. Um, one of my favorite stories was it's just a little tiny church, like 30, 40 people. That's how many people would come on a regular weekend. Um, I would teach the middle school and high school, and then I would preach in church, and then I would preach again on Sunday nights. How many of you remember those days? Like, you know, you just, if the doors, you just get there. That's what you're supposed to do for church. So three different things I had to prepare every week and while I was in school doing all my school and all of that. So um, it, was, it was a great thing for me, though. But with 30, 40 people, you knew when we had a guest with us. Like around here, with three different services and a whole bunch of people, it's like somebody's coming. I go, hey, is this your first time? They go, no, we've been coming for four months. I'm like, oh, sorry. Uh, we just hadn't met yet, right? Well, in this little church with the little wooden pews, when somebody was new, like, everybody was like, they're right there. That's the new person right there, right? Well, this one family came in. There's like seven of them, a mom and a dad and like five little kids. And I will just tell you this, from... From the get-go, I knew that they were extremely poor. You could just tell by the way they dressed, extremely poor. And yet, at the end of the service, go out and you'd shake everybody's hand. That's how you did it back in the day. Everybody would file out, and I would be standing underneath the bell tower, <laughs> the double doors in the front. I'd be standing right there, and everybody would shake my hand on the way out. And they came out and they said, we would like to invite you to lunch at our house today. I'm like, that would be great. So they told me who it was. As soon as I was done, I headed over to their house. They gave me the only halfway decent chair in their living room. They said, we would like you to sit here. And so I sat there. 
So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to maybe a couple of the kids and the little girl, she's probably like three, she walks through the kitchen and she looks out there and she's like, and I can hear her because it's just one room away. Mom, God's in the living room. <laughs> Apparently, like they didn't regularly go to church. And so I guess they told her, we're going to go to church to see God. And I was the one on stage. And so <laughs> God's in the living room. <laughs> like, oh, that was awesome. But there was so many, so many good things that came out of that experience for me. And it was, it was a long time ago, but I've been reminiscing in the last few weeks. I still stay in touch with some of them, thanks to social media and just some amazing, special, kind uh, wonderful people. And I look back on that time, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I, I need to say a couple things. I, I look back on that time, and I thought, I was 20 years old, soon to be 21, but I was like, I made mistakes left and right. And they were so patient and so gracious. They, they instead of knocking the desire out of me to be a pastor someday, like they poured into me and encouraged me. Like one, one particular family, I did both my first wedding and my first funeral. Not the same people, just like the extended family, right? Um, <laughs> some people say a wedding and a funeral is very similar anyway, but no, it's not. So uh, I did my first wedding, my first funeral for the same extended family. Uh, like I got my feet wet in ministry in that place. And it was very, very special to me and still is when I think back and uh, still, like I said, connect with some of those people. Um, but there are some lessons that I've learned in 40 years. And I'm just going to quickly pass a few of these things on to all of you. Then I'm going to get to what I want to talk about this weekend. So here's a couple of things I learned. Sometimes people will hurt you. Love them anyway. I don't know if this has ever happened to you in church. Like somebody like hurts your feelings. Somebody comes after you. Somebody stabs you in the back. It's like we're people and that kind of stuff happens sometimes even in the church. But, but just love people anyway. Don't give up loving people. All right. That's lesson one. Lesson two. Sometimes you hurt others. Sometimes I hurt others. Apologize sincerely and do everything you can to reconcile. Another thing. God's plans are better than mine. So here's what I was talking about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about God being with us in the wilderness. I said this, this 20 months period where from the time I graduated to the time I finally left and came here back in 1987, I was like, that, that was a long kind of dry wilderness season for me because I wasn't with my friends. I wasn't with people. It's like, I was with people, but it's a town of 600. There wasn't a lot of them, right? And so I'm doing all of this and I'm thinking, wait a minute. In retrospect, I look back and I look at all the things that God taught me in those 20 months. And there was a point, and I don't remember the day, I just remember there was a point where like this, this switch was flipped and I, I quit like fighting God on it. And I said, okay, God, I will be here as long as you want me to be. Just make me the guy I need to be. And that wasn't like the week before I left. I mean, I, I had that attitude for a while, but I just learned God's, God's plans are better than mine. In fact, when I came here, my plan, some of you might know this story, my plan was to be here five years. I came here as the youth pastor. I told the pastor, I will be here five years, and then I'm going to go plant a church closer to the beach because we all know that's where God wanted me. <laughs> now, nearly 37 years later, I think this is where he wanted me, right? God's plans are better than mine. And even though I have my own plans and like I have my own dreams, like when God says, no, I, I think this is better, like I'm going to like... Yep, you're right. He knows better. And God is always working. In, the, in those 20 months, like God was working, in the last 40 years, I've seen God do things that only God can do. And sometimes in spite of me or in spite of us, 
like he's still going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. We get to choose, like, I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to be a part of that. But, but he's going to accomplish what he's going to accomplish, and his plans are, are better anyway, and he's always working. So let me just say this before we move on. I don't know what everyone's going through in the room. I don't know what you're going through if you're watching this online. But I know God's still working in your life right now. And it might hurt, and it might feel lonely, and you might be broken, but God is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 34, 18. I go back to that verse regularly. So keep that all in mind. All right. So 40 years ago, I started ministry. Also 40 years ago, by the way, Community Christian Church that had started in 1981 built their first building, the building right next door, built their first building in 1984. So I don't know what weekend they got in, but 40 years ago, that building was built. Later on, they added some to it with some more classrooms and some more in the bigger kitchen and all that kind of stuff that was added later. But in 1984, that first building was built. In fact, this is the groundbreaking for that. Now, some of you are newer. Some of you have heard this, so hang in there with me. This church, like all of these people are with the Lord now. All right, except for this guy right here. His name is Brian. He's hiding behind his mom. I still am in touch with him, all right? But everybody else has gone home to be with the Lord. I, I joke about it now. I know this is not an easy picture to see. The, the contrast, the lighting, it's, it's hard. But everybody in here is probably 150. I mean, they were old back then, right? So this church, and you got to get this, this church community was started by a group of primarily retired people who left the church they were a part of to start a church because that church wouldn't do anything to reach young people. And they say, we want a church to reach as young people. It is no mistake that they bought this property across from the biggest high school in town. They said, we, we want a church. So these people right here, 130, 140 years old, they said, we want, a, we want a church that's going to reach young people. So they got their shovels in the ground in 1984. They built that first building. And then that's kind of the, the idea. This, this church would be a church that would help reach young people. Fast forward another 20 years. 2004, the first weekend in January. Actually, the Sunday was January 4th that year. We got into this building. So at the end of 20. Uh, oh, or 2003, this is what it looked like. There is music with that if you want to just turn it up a little bit. My wife's going to kill me on that shot right there. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, we, uh, we, we saw something happen. This place was opened in 2004, that first weekend in January. So 20 years ago this weekend. Now, maybe you saw this in the video. This is actually the baptistry. It's like a fiberglass piece, and there's the hole. It went into that hole, and that's where it's been. And by the way, this baptistry for the last 20 years has been very busy. 1,947 people have been baptized in here. Yes. In fact, I don't, I don't know. If, if, if you were baptized here at Community, could you just stand up for a second? Just go ahead. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Give them a hand, guys. Yes. That is so cool. Thank you, guys. 
We started doing something this year. I wish we would have started doing it 20 years ago, uh, but we started having the people who are getting baptized sign the back wall back there where the baptistry and the changing rooms are. And if you never got to sign that, but you were baptized, even if you were baptized 20 years ago, we'd love to have you go back there. If you don't remember the date, just sign it. If you remember the year, put the year there. Um, but 1,947 people have been baptized here, have come to know Jesus in this place. Now, here's the thing. Every one of those has a story, but, but the stories go way beyond the baptisms too. Because we've had people who have found our church, maybe they moved here, they're already a Christian. But, but here's the story I keep hearing. I had given up on church, and then I tried community. I've gotten tons of these. Let me just share part of one of them. To John and everyone at Community. I have been attending community for about five or six weeks now, which is the first time I have been to a church in over 15 years. I finally hit a wall in my life and felt like I couldn't handle things on my own. I was so scared to come, especially since I was tackling attending church on my own. I've never felt comfortable at church. I've always felt like it was full of hypocritical people trying to make other people feel bad or guilty about their lives. Well, Enough about the bad. I just really wanted to say thank you to every one of you for not making me feel that way, not even once. And uh, they go on. But you get the idea. The stories, it's not, it's not just those stories. It's like multiplied by, by more and more people. And some of you in the room, if we took the time, just pass around the mic, we could be here all night just sharing the stories of life transformation and renewal that God has brought into your life because, because maybe somebody that you worked with dragged you here. <laughs> like you didn't have a shot. You didn't have a chance, but they made you come. And then all of a sudden you were like, hey, this isn't that bad. It's okay. I like this. So for 20 years, we've been operating in this space uh, worshiping our God and calling people to know Jesus. Um, about halfway through that, we, uh, we revisited the way we, we articulate our mission. We've always been super clear on what we're supposed to be doing as a church, but we simplified some of our structures and we made sure that everything fell into one of three funnels. And so now we say it this way, stepping in, building up, living out. And as we kind of like have looked back a little bit, like as far as 40 years, but really like these last 20 years, I, I want to just turn and look ahead a little bit, but I want to do it with our, our mission in mind. So the first part of our mission is stepping in. And this is really about the idea of helping people start a relationship with Jesus. So you could say it this way. One of our primary roles is to introduce people to Jesus. And one of the things that we say, we have different slogans and sayings around here that kind of help us keep on track. And one of those is, is the phrase practical love. And we say the most loving thing we could do, if, if heaven and hell are real, the most loving thing we could do for anybody is introduce them to Jesus. And so there's, there's people you work with and people you live next to and people in your family and people sitting next to you at the restaurant and people, it's like everywhere you go, it's like potentially somebody who God desperately loves, but they just don't know him yet. And those are the people we're trying to help step into a relationship with him. First uh, Corinthians 9.22 says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I've already shared some of the common ground. You, you work with them. You, you live in the same neighborhood. You both hate the Raiders. <laughs> Come on. I know you're in here. Raiders people. 
So, but, but maybe the common ground is like your hobby. Like I love mountain biking. I love photography. Those, in those things, I've developed friendships that are outside of the church experience, but that's been a way for me to help connect with people. The common ground has been like our hobby. So we have this common ground, but what we're really doing is just trying to make sure that we're introducing people to Jesus. So, so here's the question for me when we enter into a new year. Who's next? Who's next? Like who comes to mind? Like, who do you know? Who, who is somebody that God has placed in your life now who's just like, they may even feel like this is a long shot, but my neighbor. This is a long shot, but this person who works with me. This is a long shot, but our kids are on the same Little League team, and this parent, they're nuts. But you know, who, who comes to mind? Like, who's next? And so what we started talking about a couple years ago was our top five list. And we're going to just keep talking about it that way. It just makes sense. Because we, we operate in circles, not with just one person. Now, every now and then somebody says to me, I, Pastor John, I don't know five people who aren't Christians. Then I'm like, you need to get out of the house. <laughs> and may, maybe you're going to too many Bible studies. Like, just go to one. You know, you need to be doing that. But like, and then go out. Like, find somebody. So what we do is we, we put their names on that chalkboard over there. This is what people we're praying for that need Jesus. If you want to add to the list, just go, we got chalk over there, just add to the list after the service. But we, we're always thinking about this. Who are those people that God has put in our life? And, and maybe like me, you're going to have more than five. More than five people that God has put on your heart, put into your life. And so the way we say it here is we want to be a friend, but we also want to be able to bring that friend. We're going to bring that friend, introduce that friend to Jesus. We're going to bring them here. It might just be as simple as, hey, we got uh, free hamburgers on Thursday night, you know? <laughs> whatever, it, whatever it takes, right? Like, we're going to do this. Like, oh, I, I heard one guy one time say, whatever it takes short of sin, <laughs> we will do it to introduce people to Jesus. And I want to be around some people who are willing to take some risks like that. Like, there's just too much at stake, too much on the line when it comes to our friends and the people we're trying to reach, right? So stepping in, building up is the second part of this. By the way, when it comes to your life, God has a plan for you. Like God has no hidden agenda, by the way. He's very clear with what he wants to do in your life. So in Romans 8, 28, and Jake did a great job in his message last week. He referenced this verse one time, but it's like where, where he says, and you know, and God can do, you know, not that's another verse I have in my mind. Okay, so, but God can do with whatever happens. Like God can bring good out of it for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like, and then he tells us what his purpose is in the next verse. Look at this. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to, say it with me out loud, become like his son, capital S, Jesus. To be built up means I'm going to grow to be more and more like Jesus. That's what our mission as our church is all about. But here's what I know. In order to be like Jesus, I need to spend time with him. So we have another phrase, every day with Jesus. And so I've been hammering this. If you uh, watch my 60 Seconds with PJ on Instagram or Facebook or you read the blogs on our website, all week long, it's all been about reading our Bible and just getting started. We're in the brand new year. And a lot of, a lot of Christians say, you know, I've, I've got to find my Bible, but I'm going to start reading it every day. Where did it go? There it is. You know, and so they find it. And so January 1st, they read their Bible, right? January 2nd, I'm just trying to encourage you to keep going, keep going, keep reading. And here's why this is so important. I can't do the will of God until I know the word of God. And so I want you to know the word of God. We got another series coming up after our family series that starts next week about 
the, the study of God's word and prayer. Like, how do we really have this divine connection with him? How, how can we get the most out of that? How can we open our heart and our life up to him, you know, helping us? So here's the thing, though. January 1st, some of you had great intentions. You've already missed a day. And this is what, the fourth, right? So I'm not, this is not about guilt trips. This is like, let's just get back on there and keep going. Um, there, there's an app that I use when I'm mountain biking or when I'm hiking. It's called Strava. And so it measures how far you go and how much elevation climb you do. And it has different trail segments so you can compare your speed to somebody else and your buddies. You, you can compete even if you're not there on the same day. You can send them a text letter and go, hey, I beat your, your PR, right? That means personal record. So you, know, so you can get Strava, that's the app. They studied, I think it was 800,000 athletic uh, events from all of the athletes who use Strava. They, they followed this. They wanted to find out what day do people quit on their New Year's goal? 800,000 events they were watching, and this is what they figured out. You ready? The second Friday of the New Year. So all of you gym rats, and you're a little upset right now because everybody's in the way, just about a week and a half more, and it's all back to normal. Don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> it's all back to normal. The problem is, some of you with good intentions about reading your Bible, you're going to be back to normal too. I don't want that for you. I want better for you. I want you to be built up. I don't want you to grow. And I know this, the more we try to do it on our own, the more we're going to fail. You need a gym buddy. And I'm not talking about going to gym right now. I mean, you need, you need a small group. You need a life group. You need some people in your life who can help with you. Strava calls the second Friday of every January Quitter's Day. <laughs> the second Friday of the new year. We didn't even get to February, right? That's what they call Quitter's Day. We've got Rudy groups. We've got life groups. Donnie talked about it. You can sign up for these things. I'm just going to tell you, man, if you really want to grow and become more and more like Jesus, you got to do that in the context of relationship. We need other people with us in this whole process. One of the things about our church is not only are we trying to help you grow and, and build up our relationship, we do that through different ways and different ways that we minister. I'm getting ready to take a trip to Cambodia. I leave next Wednesday, so I'm going to ask for your prayers. I'll be gone two weeks. We're going to be in Batambang. There's Phnom Penh, the cattle, the cattle, the capital. We'll be up here for most of that. We're doing a training. We have 165 pastors coming from all over this region, mostly up in this northwest region, mostly from rural areas. Um, some of the house churches I've been to have been like these straw little hut things out near a rice paddy. And you go up and you're like, hey, so how many people come to this church? And they're like, you know, we've got like, you know, 50 people. I'm like, that's amazing. And then like the translator says to me, no, they meant 50 families. What? In this place? Yeah, they don't all fit. But they can't go outside because sometimes there's landmines too. They got to be careful. So you think you got issues getting to church. You know, they had landmines next to the church that I was talking about there. But I'm going there to help build those pastors up so they can go build their churches up. This is just one of the ways our church does this beyond our own walls. Here's another thing. Stepping in, building up, and then living out. Living out. One of the things I love about this church, and we talk about it regularly, but you guys, I think you guys get it. We had a series a few months back we called bright light in a dark place. We went through the book of Philippians. 
We're just saying in, in challenging times, in a challenging culture, in, in the darkness that we find ourselves in sometimes, it's important for us to be bright lights. That's what living out really means. That we're going to shine for Christ in our community. Like love, joy, peace, patience, that fruit of the Spirit showing up through our life with those hard-to-get-along-with neighbors and those people at work that maybe sometimes irritate us. So those people at the... the the checkout line at Stater Brothers, and they got 19 items, and it says 15 items or less. I'm like, duh, people. Yeah, love, joy, peace. Oh, yeah, patience. Yeah, God, help me with that one, right? Living out. Look at this verse. He says, but you, he's talking about the church. He's talking about you. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of his darkness, out of this darkness, into his wonderful light. When we live out our relationship with him, like light in a dark place, it's going to make a difference. And we, we get to do that. Now, in some of my reading, I, I, I don't read like a lot of novels. I read a lot of church stuff and leadership stuff. Um, but I was reading something recently that just caught my eye because they were talking about the idea of people just going through the motions at church. And it irritated the person who was writing it, and it irritated me too. It's like, just going through the motions. I don't want to be a part of a church that goes through the motions, right? I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And then he said it this way. This is Craig Groeschel. He said it this way. Churches that do, like just go through the motions, churches that do become like a hospital that no longer takes patients, or a soup kitchen that no longer feeds hungry people, or like SpongeBob no longer wearing square pants. So like this is oh, not a good scenario, right? I uh, also read it somewhere else about a kid who uh, gets his, his test back, his essay back. And a professor wrote on it. It said, great bibliography, great structure, great content, F. Wrong assignment. And I started thinking about the day we stand before God. And what if he says, nice car, great house, nice retirement plan, F. Wrong assignment. So we, we tend to make the things that are not important eternally the most important things to us. And if we're going to be living out the reality of who Jesus is in, in the context of our life, like it's got to show up. doesn't mean we can't have a car or a house or do those things. It's like, but they, they need to have the right priority in our life. And like I've said it before, like it's okay to have nice things. It's just not okay for nice things to have you. And that's where we wind up in American culture so often. We can get in trouble real fast. So I'm listening to a friend's podcast. He's uh, interviewing, uh, it's, not, it's not a pastor in England, he's, he's called a rector um, of a church in Oxford. And his name's Stephen Foster. He's at the St. Aldate Church in Oxford. But he says this, the church naturally grows older and inward focused. Now, I showed their building <laughs> on purpose this is an old church, a historic church in Oxford. They've gone through all kinds of seasons, but right now they are thriving 
and growing. And their rector, Stephen Foster, says the church naturally grows older and inward focused. Why is that? Because we, we're driven towards our comfort. These are the songs I like. I don't like the new songs. I'm just going to stay here. These are the people I like. I don't like those people. I'm just going to stay here. And very quickly, the church naturally grows older and inward focused. And so over time, like I've seen it, like churches just kind of grow old together. I talked to one pastor one time here in town. He was new at a, at a, at a, at a church where it was predominantly older. And I said, what, what's your vision? What are you going to try to accomplish? And he goes, well, my job is just to bury everyone and close the door. There was, no, there was no vision of reaching new people. It was just to, to cater to and to take care of and keep the members comfortable long enough so that somebody could bury them and then he'd be on to his next mission. And I, it like broke my heart. But this is the style of teaching that I like. And we just stay there. We don't change, we don't grow, we don't risk. That's what happens. That's natural because we want to be comfortable, right? And then he says this, if we don't strive to grow younger and outward focused, we die. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. But that's the vision. We've got to continually reach back to that next generation, the reason this church was founded. We've got to continually reach back. Because there's going to be a day, all of us, like I'm talking about 40 years. Like, you know what? Some of you did the math. You, you figured it out, right? I'm old. I'm not going to be around forever. It's like, yeah, it's like Jesus is going to come back someday or I'm going to die. So it's like, I'm not going to be here forever. Like, what are we doing? So we are very intentional about pouring into our younger staff, and, and trying to do what we can to help our church continue to remain connected to that next generation. Because otherwise we just die. That's not what God called. He didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to make a difference in the culture and the community that he placed us in. I want to go and read one more verse. But before I do, I want to explain something about the way our church operates. We're not a voting church. Okay, so let me explain this. We need a new doormat in the lobby. Okay, church meeting next week, we're gonna vote. We're gonna have three options. We're gonna vote on which mat we get for the lobby. It's like, we don't do that. We have people, we have leaders, we have people in place who take care of stuff, so we're not dealing with that kind of stuff. So we're, we don't vote on that kind of stuff, right? But this week, I'm gonna ask you to vote. I'm going to ask you to vote with your hands. And I don't mean sticking them in the air. I mean, I want you to use those hands to go serve people in our community. I want you to vote by, by inviting people and bringing people with you. Use those hands to get out there and, and get the message out there. I want you to vote with your heart. Broken and humble because of our own sin, the sin of our culture, and we know the only answer, the only hope is Jesus. And so our heart is going to be focused on him. I want you to, I want you to vote with your wallet. <laughs> You're like, seriously, dude? I'm like, yeah, seriously. The generosity of this church makes a difference. Not just in Cambodia, in, in Africa, in places where we do a lot of financial good. 
but all around in our own community and the ministries that we partner with and support and not just giving money, but where we send volunteers and we help and we're involved. It's like, yes, we, we definitely vote with our wallets. And I'm not ashamed to ask you to continue to, to invest in what God's doing in this place. I want you to vote with your knees. Get on your knees in prayer. Not just when you come to church. But I want you to be in prayer and say, God, I know, I know, I know you could do this. We may not see how, but you could change our community. You could change our culture. You, you can do these things, and I want to be a part of it. And so humbly on our knees, not thinking like we're the solution, but thinking that God might actually invite us into the solution. We want to be a part of it, like on our knees, humbly. We're like, okay, God, this is about you. Do what only you can do. And I want you to vote with your feet. I don't mean, I didn't like this message, you know, walking out of here. I mean, walking out of here when it's time to walk out of here so we can go be the church seven days a week in our community. Too many churches think that doing church is just about when they get together. No, being the church is the way we're supposed to function throughout the week. And we need to touch base with each other. We need those rooted groups. We need those life groups. We need those ministry teams that we're involved in together. We can't do this alone, but we still, we got to get out where the people are, where God has called us and sent us to go. And my prayer, I told you, I want you to vote on your knees in prayer. My my prayer is going to be based on this passage in Ephesians chapter three this year. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 and 21. Now all glory to God, who's able through his mighty power at work within us, within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Infinitely more in 2024. I'm not talking about being wealthier, healthier. I mean, more of God showing up in and through our lives. Like that's how we're going to be praying. Infinitely more, he says, his power in us, his glory through the church. That's what I want for us. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of church that's just coasting and going through the motions. I don't think you do either. Otherwise, you'd be somewhere else. One time I actually said it this way. I said, if you don't want to serve, then go find another church. And uh, like several months later, I saw this guy in town. I go, dude, I haven't seen you for a while. And he goes, yeah, you told me if I didn't want to serve, go to another church. So I did. I was like, okay. I didn't know how to respond to that, right? But I figure if you're here, it's not the first time you've heard this kind of stuff unless it's your very first time. But just know we're, we're serious about this. We want God to do something in our life that's special and different and powerful. If you're watching online, you have questions or you want to uh, have some help with some stuff, you can always email us at uh, community.cc, uh, office at community.cc. But here's what I want to do. I'm going to have the band come back out. We... We were singing trust in God. And I'm going to ask you to vote with your feet one more time. This is, this is unusual. I get it. And some of you may not be there. You may be like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm there. That's okay. You just stay put. But when we start singing, if you're like, I know I'm not perfect, but I want in. I want to be a part of this. I want God to use me. I want God to change me. I want God to, to show up. I want infinitely more through my life. I want to be a part of what he does. If, if that's you, 
But I'm asking you just come up here. I mean, if everybody came up here, we'd just spread all the way down to each side. I just want you to, with your feet, I want you to vote and say, I'm in. I want this too. Let's stand together. And if you want to, just come up here and say, I'm in. And just stand up here. Let's sing this song together. mic on while I was singing? Thank you for muting that, Sean. Mm, let's take a minute and pray, all right? If you're with somebody you know, just grab their hand. God, thank you for being with us. Got this little church in the middle of what some people think is nowhere in Hemet, California. We know you can do infinitely more. We don't want to be average. We don't want to be going through the motions. We don't want to just slip through God, it may be uncomfortable and challenging and sacrificing, but there's just way too much at stake. So God, use us. Make a difference in this community. Make a difference in this town. Make a difference in this valley and let us be a part of it. God, we know we're not the only church too. So I want to just lift up the other churches in this valley that 
preach Jesus and use your word. God, bless them. May their church, churches be filled. May you bring more people to, to you this year than ever before, infinitely more. We want to see that. People come to you. God, use us to do it. Help us be a part. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.